count on one thing The same God that never fails Will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Yes, I will lift you I guess. Bad to not see you. Um, here we are. We are here on our week two of online COVID-19 Corona Church, I guess you would say. Um, yeah, I kind of miss you guys. I hope you miss me, um, but I miss our worship team. I miss just being together, and many of you are probably just um, had enough right now of uh, 
of just being cooped up. But um, whatever it is, we know that God is greater than all these things that, um, that we're, yes, I will praise him as we started today. So today what we want to do, uh, again, welcome. We're glad that you're all uh, connecting online. And so what we want to do today is we want to go ahead and we just want to continue to worship God because we realize that whether it is online or whether it's in person or what it may be, that where two or three are gathered, so is Jesus. And so, um, and we want to get together and we just want to, I'm going to start with a prayer today. Lord God, as we come to you, we just want to, um, as that song said, no matter uh, what happens in the highest mountains and the lowest valleys, yes, I will bless your name. I will praise you. So God, in the midst of all the struggles and this craziness that uh, the world is dealing with right now, God, we just want to lean to you more. We just want to go ahead and draw closer to you and that um, we give you thanks for technology that brings us together as a people and as a church. And so God, um, during this time, we are going to worship um, as if we were all together, singing to the rooftops, whatever it may be, that you are greater than all the things in this world, and we give you praise for who you are. And so, God, right now, um, we just will lift your name, and we're going to start by doing that in song. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Our first song, we're going to sing. And go ahead, sing to the top of the roofs. Um, make your neighbors hear you. Make them come out and stay 10 feet away, um, whatever it may be. Um, but go ahead, we're going to sing. With everything else, we recognize that he is the way. Waymaker. And so let's sing the Waymaker. Light in 
Before we continue uh, with our third week of our Who is Jesus series, again, it's a lot different than we thought this would be. Um, what an incredible uh, song, Waymaker, uh, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness. Um, even when I don't see that you're working. And I think many of us may not see it right now, but God is continually working in the midst of all these things. So what we want to do right now, we want to lift up um, a couple people in our prayers. Again, if you... Um, Obviously, if you want to send those in on a prayer request, we can get those out to people. Um, please go ahead and send those in. We have uh, uh, several today. We want to lift up um, Janine and Rick McKinney. They had uh, prayers for their son. Continue to lift them up in your prayers. Um, for Vin Janusa, uh, Raquel Chadwick's brother, who has had a hot, been diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, he is... Um, it's treatable, but we want to go ahead and continue to lift him up in your prayers. Um, the other week, Jennifer Legullo lifted up Phyllis Davis with pneumonia. And, of course, any time, um, particularly with this coronavirus outbreak, we want to lift up anyone who is dealing with anything uh, in particular uh, respiratory. Lift them up in that. Melinda uh, Prentice has asked for prayers for her, her husband, John, who is um, continually dealing with some complications from MS with his compromised immune system. We want to lift him in prayers. And for Bobby Burke and family, as her mother, Catherine, just moved to an assisted living facility and pray for a smooth transition for her and everyone involved and continue to um, to be with them. Again, we want to lift up everyone and as we see uh, news and as we uh, talk to people and as we see several things, we recognize that many people are, are afraid, um, uncertain. Um, some people are compromised uh, in this time by respiratory things and other kinds of things. Um, this is a time of uncertainty. Um, I was talking with some people and just recognizing this is something we expected in 1820, not 2020. And so, um, but we just trust in God that he is the way maker. So join with me, if you will, right now in prayer. Lord God, again, here we are week two of, of this, uh, this whole coronavirus, uh, COVID-19 um, epidemic. And God, we just don't know any answers. And that's what uh, we're so afraid of. So many times, God, we have been so used to knowing how to fix things. And right now we just can't fix life. And it seems to be broken. So God, that's where you come in as the way maker the miracle worker, the promise keeper, the light in the darkness. You are our God, and that is who you are. And even in those moments, we don't see that you're working in each and every area of life, in the, in the mountains and in the valleys, that, God, you are working, and you're working all things out. And so uh, these are the first two songs that we've just celebrated today. And we know, God, that you are moving in our midst. And so we lift up these prayers right now for the McKinney family um, we lift up for your healing, your presence to be upon them. Uh, for uh, for Vin, you continue to use your uh, medical staff to minister healing to him. For um, Phyllis Davis and all others who are dealing with pneumonia and other kinds of respiratory illnesses, um, especially during this increased awareness and um, in increased compromise time, be with them, as well as John Prentice, who is beginning to suffer some of those setbacks with his MS. 
and complications. And for those like Bobby Burke and uh, and Catherine, her mother, who are who are entering into that uh, later transitions uh, of life, that God, we pray that this will be smooth and that your hand will be in everything. And so, Lord, I'm going to claim once again the message from last week that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And, God, that you will help us be our brother's keepers during this time, that we won't just get so focused and afraid that we forget others in this time. So we want to pray for, for others in the midst of all things, like, for instance, our brothers and sisters in Haiti, for those in the Congo and other areas that are being influenced um, and may not have what we do. And so just we just ask for your Holy Spirit to move in, to bring healing. We call on Jesus the healer to go ahead and move mightily in this world today. And we give you praise in Christ's name. Amen. A few announcements that we do have this week. Today was going to be the day where we were going to collect these, our bread boxes, our love loaves, and we are going to collect them for Miriam's table. Obviously, we can't collect when you're not here. Um, but a couple of things. Continue filling your banks. We will go ahead and we will go ahead and we will collect them on the weeks that we get back. Hopefully sooner than later, we can get back together. Uh, or you can also go ahead and give online to Miriam's table if you would like to do so. We have a link on our homepage. Uh, keep in mind that in, in the midst of everything and all the struggles that we are dealing with right now, children are still hungry in the Congo and still have all those other situations in addition to what's going on now. So um, continue. If, you're, if you have the banks and you want to continue to fill them, please go ahead and continue to do so. If, if you want to go ahead and give, you may go, be able to do so online. And, we, and I know that the Kiefer's and Miriam's table uh, appreciate all the giving that you do give. Also, we want to keep in mind our brothers and sisters in Haiti as they have had their first diagnosed case. Um, and we know that they do not have the facilities as we do in the United States. And you can see it's shut us down in many ways. Um, you can imagine being in a third world country that is struggling um, with the, the basic necessities of life. Um, and so we want to continue to pray for our brothers and sisters there. A couple other things that are great um, that we, in the midst of this uh, trial, uh, we have Haven Kids um, at home Sunday school lesson. Many of you probably have received that uh, yesterday. Um, that's a mail out, and every Saturday, um, Kate will be sending out an email to parents with a Sunday school lesson and a video for that week. We truly hope that you take advantage of that and are able to enjoy that. I thank uh, Kate and the Sunday school teachers for connecting and doing those wonderful things. Um, and there is a page that is up for that Sunday school lesson, and it's at um, havencc.org forward slash havenkids forward slash, and you can check that out as well, and uh, also get an email out, and we will make sure that you get connected if you do not have that. In addition, for us bigger kids, um, and a way to keep in contact uh, is we have two options for online Bible studies and connections. Um, they will be meeting, one is on Psalm 23, um, the, or the, as many people call it, uh, 23rd Psalm. Uh, it will be Monday uh, through Friday at 9.30 a.m., um, if you're an early riser and you want to go ahead and get connected to people early, um, again, you can connect to that at havencc.org forward slash events uh, forward slash psalm-23 forward slash. So you can go and uh, you, can, you can find that on our website. And I do believe we also have a, con a, connect, a way to connect there from um, our Facebook page as well. The other one is Enjoying Jesus, meeting Monday through Friday at 6.30 p.m. 
So you have a morning and an evening opportunity. Uh, again, it's at the same uh, web address, um, but after events, it's forward slash enjoying dash Jesus uh, forward slash. So again, connect to those. Um, there are ways to connect to that. You'll ask you to connect to Zoom, which allow, it's a program which allows you to connect um, and speak with people. And it's, it's a great opportunity that, um, that we can go ahead and utilize during this time. Uh, to get connected with each other and not to lose total connection. Um, also, uh, I want to announce again that we, um, we have our online giving. Uh, again, thank you all for giving last week and continuing to do so. Um, and so if you want to go ahead and get set up for that, please feel free to do so. Um, under the please donate, there also will be another text uh, or email update that goes out for you to be able to do that. And also to get your text updates and email. We wanna con we've talked about when we're in person the importance of going ahead and being able to connect and have those updates. Little did we know, usually we've thought about that for snow. This year we got no snow, but we got a lot of other stuff. And so we want to go ahead and be able to to do those things. So again, um, those final two, uh, online giving. If not, we're going to have to get some toilet paper and auction it off, and it goes to the highest bidder. Uh, but we want to go ahead, and um, I'm joking, but uh, maybe not. Um, but we want to go ahead and make sure that you are in the know and connected. Also this week, I'm planning on a couple uh, special things that are going to come out, so please get updated in text and in emails, if you will. And again, keep very attentive to all the information about COVID-19 in our community and uh, and follow what the experts are saying so that we can go ahead and get this past us and get back together and um, live the fullness of life Christ called us to do so, okay? So that's all of our announcements today, which is kind of cool because last week I came up and said, we got nothing because we have to shut down. Um, uh, so... Again, um, actually, just to let you know, personally, this uh, thing has affected us in some way. Melissa and I have planned on being away. We're away for a small bit and had to come back. Uh, last week, I was going to do a sermon uh, called um, Who is Jesus, the Teacher? And I have flip-flopped some. Originally, I was going to do, uh, I was going to give uh, Debbie, De Virgilio was going to go ahead and do the one I did last week. And she was excited about that. But I just felt that God was pushing me back to doing that one. And I really wanted to do the teacher. Um, but then all of a sudden, you know, it worked out that I, Melissa and I were going to be away. As you can see, I'm standing here, so I'm not away. Um, I, I got to experience some travel this week underneath this uh, COVID-19. Um, and there's a lot of fear out there and a lot of a lot of just um, uncertainty, as many of you know. So I am back this week, but for some reason, um, I, I just know that God wants Debbie to do this message, and I'm excited to do it. She's, I know she was always a, a little nervous that I would be here when she would give a sermon, um, but I didn't think she'd think I'd be here and be the only one here besides um, the other people who are making this come alive. But either way, I know that God is doing something really amazing, and he's going to teach us something in the midst of, of all this. And so, Debbie, come on and give us the message today. And I'm going to stay 10 feet away from you. Well, good morning. So we are in our third week in this series, Who is Jesus? And throughout this time, we've been looking at different characteristics of who Jesus is. And if you remember, um, in week one, we looked at Jesus as our BFF, our friend. Last week, Jack, Jack did the miracle maker, and today we're going to do the teacher. And if you missed any of those, go back. You all have plenty of time now. You're sitting at home. 
Um, go back and take a look at them. They're all online on the Haven website. So today we're looking at this in the midst of the first really big modern-day pandemic. Um, you know, since the beginning of time, maybe not since the beginning of time, but many, many years we've experienced, countries have experienced pandemics. I <clears throat> looked some up yesterday and found that there was the plague of Julian. There was the bubonic plague, which took out like millions, 50 million people. And there was the Spanish plague. So there are lots and lots of plagues that have been around. Promise I don't have COVID-19. Um, and in many countries, plagues or epidemics are a common occurrence. They're a regular thing. But in our minds, <clears throat> they don't happen in America. And now our world has been turned upside down. So... What we need to remember is that through COVID-19 or any other situation, Jesus is our hope. And today we're going to look at him as our teacher. So our theme verse for this series comes from 1 Corinthians 2 verses 1 through 2 in the message translation. And it says, you'll remember, friends, that when I first came to you, I didn't try to impress you with polished speeches and the latest philosophy. I deliberately kept it plain and simple. First Jesus and who he is, then Jesus and what he did, Jesus crucified. So Paul was keeping it simple. And in this series, we're keeping it simple too. We're going back to the basics of who Jesus is. And then as we approach Easter, we'll be looking at what he did. <clears throat> so as we look at Jesus the teacher, I want you to think for a minute about what you do when you don't know what to do. Maybe you're experiencing those feelings right now. You just don't quite know what to do. It happens sometimes when we find ourselves in a big mess. Maybe we've made some poor choices. Um, it may be at work. It may be at home. It may be with friends. It may be with family. It may be with our boss. But there are always times where we don't know what to do. So we're going to look to Proverbs for a minute, which is our book of wisdom, and we'll read Proverbs 14 through 12, 14 verse 12, sorry. There is a way which seems right to man, to man, but its end is the way of death. So this tells me that there are sometimes ways that seem right to us, but they're not always right. Sometimes there are options that require sacrifices, and sometimes we choose not to do those things. But you know what? Easy choices, when we take the easy way out, they should make us take a second look. So when we don't know what to do, in our human nature, there are a few options. First, we try and fix it ourselves. And this choice is often the most common first step. We may think, if I can fix this, I never have to tell anyone it was broke. I never have to tell anyone I made a mistake. And we can think about children. You know, when children break something, immediately they're trying to fix it. Um, I can tell you when my kids broke things, they would come to me with it duct taped and glued. And it's, it's okay, Mom. It's not broke. And you're looking at it knowing full good and well it is. 
My husband had a weed eater once that the string just popped off and that string, you know, that cuts the grass. And so we needed to get new string for it. Well, my son found some string and he decided that the whole weed eater needed to be taken apart so he could fix it. And he did fix it, sort of, but then there was a pile of little pieces laying there that didn't quite make it back into the weed eater. And so that's often what happens to us, is when we try to fix it, we end up with this mess, this pile of broken pieces. Because fixing it ourselves often allows us the, to avoid the consequences of a situation. And in many cases, fixing it ourselves is the easy way out. But remember, from Proverbs 14, fixing easy choices should make us take a second look. <clears throat> so if fixing it ourselves doesn't work, what's the next thing we do? We often look to others. We think, well, who could I talk to about this? Who can I turn to? And we all have friends, right, that we can turn to for certain things. We have friends that we know that when we're in trouble, we can go to them and we can um, ask them for help. But we need to be careful about that because so often when we're in the middle of a mess, when we don't know what to do, we will turn to the people who tell us what we want to hear. So when we're in a mess, did you ever notice that the first person you go to is the first in person who will say, yep, you're right, that's a really horrible thing. Yeah, they treated you so bad. Um, I can't believe you've been done wrong. That's the person we go to. Instead of looking for the person who is going to speak truth into us. So sometimes looking to other people is not the right answer either. So if we can't fix it ourselves and our friends don't have the advice we need, we'll sometimes learn to live with it. Living with it, our problems and our issues may seem really easy. And in some ways, we are taking the easy way out. But living with it is not God's best for us. It doesn't make the issue go away. The issue we're dealing with, we tend to push down. But inevitably, it will rise back up. And we push it back down. And then it will rise back up. And... Living with it will make us bitter, angry, and cynical because we keep reliving the issue over and over and over. And when we become cynical, it takes root in our heart and it chips away very ever so slowly our ability to see God in the right way. And bottom line, it robs us of our joy so fixing it ourselves is not an option. Looking to others is not an option. And learning to live with it is not an option. So we're just about out of solutions. We have one place left to turn. We can turn to God. And often we use God as our last resort. And we always find him, even in our last resort, waiting patiently for us to come to him. So... We have now, we're going to talk about coming to God and learning from him because he's the greatest teacher. 
Jesus the teacher. So it's not a mistake that Jesus is often referred to as the greatest teacher ever. He's sometimes referred to the master teacher. Even people who don't believe he was the Messiah recognize him as a great teacher. Um, he was often called the rabbi. In the New Testament, rabbi was a term that was used. It was an honorary term um, for outstanding teachers. And so even during that time, people recognized that Jesus was an outstanding teacher. In the New Testament, he was addressed 60 times as a teacher. So people recognized he was a teacher. And we can ask as a teacher, how do we know if a teacher teaches well? Well, I'm going to say that we all can think of teachers, right, that were good, that really stand out in our minds. Maybe 10 years, 20 years, 40 years, 50 years later, there are still teachers who come to mind when we think about good teachers. And if you can think of one right now, you can go ahead, since you're watching online, and pop it in the Facebook feed and tag that teacher. Um, but we all can think of those teachers. And... Sometimes teachers have to go above and beyond. And I have a story for you about a teacher who went, had to go above and beyond. Because, you know, sometimes it goes beyond the lessons that the teacher is trying to teach. And so this story is about a teacher who was a kindergarten teacher. Now, you can imagine some of the things kindergarten teachers have to do. More than ABCs and 123s, right? So this was back in the time where children would wear their boots to school when it snowed because they still went to school when it snowed. And the ch child wore his boots, and the teacher had to help him get his boots on. And she pulled while he pushed, but those boots didn't want to go on. They were tight. Finally, after the second boot was on, she had worked up a sweat. She's a little frazzled. The little boy said, well, teacher, they're on the wrong feet. And she looked, sure enough, they were. In my mind, I would have said, well, that's okay. You can just wear them like that. But getting those boots off wasn't any easier than putting them on. And she managed to keep her cool. And you can imagine she's got a little sweat going. And she probably he's sitting on a bench. And she's probably pulled him off the bench as she's trying to pull them boots off. And finally, they're off. And she puts them on the right feet. And they weren't as any easier to get on the right feet. And once they were on, the little boy looked at her and he goes, Guess what, teacher? Those aren't my boots. And she bit her tongue as she took the boots back off, going through the same motions again. And once off, the little boy said, You know what? Those boots are my brother's boots. My mom made me wear them today. Well, at this point, she didn't know whether to laugh or cry. And she mustered up the grace and the courage, and she's wrestling the boots on him again. And when she finished, she looked at him, and she goes, All right, now where are your mittens? And the little boy said, I stuffed them in the toes of my boots. Being a teacher is a demanding profession, right? We all know that. But we can think of our teachers as great leaders, and they do make a difference in our lives, not only for the things they teach us academically, but because they make us realize we are somebody. 
Now, I'm going to tell you, I can think of some teachers this week. I thought of some teachers that weren't so great in my childhood. I thought of teachers that I was scared to death of because they were mean. But Jesus was the greatest teacher who ever taught. Those, were, those who have listened to the teachings of Jesus have been amazed. Wherever he went, crowds would follow him, and he would take the, the children, and he would sit with the children, and there would be regular, ordinary, everyday people, and there would be children, and there would be religious leaders, and there would be government leaders, and they would all sit and listen in amazement, hanging on to his every word. And more than one time, they were so busy listening and learning, they forgot to go home and get something to eat. And so he had to do a miracle to feed them. So some teachers are good teachers because of their methods. They can make subtraction, they can make English, they can make geometry simple and easy to understand. They're good at identifying the strategies that people, that their students need to learn. And Jesus was able to get attention, the attention of those telling the stories, by telling the stories using humor and using common objects for illustration. He often used children or he used birds, he used flowers. The other thing Jesus did was he asked questions. But when he asked questions, he never, ever gave the people the answer. He always made them think about the answer themselves and come to their conclusion. So we need to remember that as we learn, we learn best when we are asked questions and we figure it out on our own. He also used a lot of situations. So he would wait for a situation to arise and then he would use that as his teaching point. And that is what we all do. If you think about it, I was thinking this morning when, you, when babies are born and you have little children, nobody sits you down and says, okay, this is what you need to know when they're one, this is what you need to know when they're five, and this is what you need to know when they're ten. Instead, we learn as we go along, and we learn through situations, right? We learn how to handle things. The other thing that Jesus did was he felt free to give insight because remember the Old Testament, they had the Old Testament, but they hadn't really um, gone to school. A lot of people didn't know how to read, so it was all oral tradition. They passed it down, and Jesus felt free to give fresh insight from those Old Testament teachings and to correct common misunderstandings of the law which actually is what it got him in a lot of trouble with the religious leaders. So let's talk for a few minutes about Jesus as a teacher. We're going to look at the scripture um, for this week, Ephesians 5, 1. And we need to remember that as Paul wrote the book of Ephesians, most of his letters were written to churches who were having issues. There was some problem in their church but the book of Ephesians was written to encourage the people at the church of Ephesus to stay strong in their faith. So keep that in the back of your mind as we um, look at the scripture. So in the message version, it says, keep company with him. I'm sorry, I, I skipped it. Watch what God does, and then you do it. 
Like children who learn proper behavior from their parents, mostly what God does is love you. Keep company with him and learn a life of love. Now, let's go back to the beginning part of that. Did you see that? It says who learn proper behavior from their parents. So in other words, in some translations, it says imitate their parents. Well, Paul is saying that like children learn from their parents, we are to learn from God. And we know that children learn more from imitating their parents than any other way. Because how many of us have had our children and they say something that we have said that we shouldn't have said and our children decide to say it in public, right? We all have been through that. Or they say, well, my mommy said or my daddy said. So we get to the point where we tell our children, do as I say, not as I do. And that doesn't work quite so well because children are natural imitators. So we are to learn from God. And when we walk with him and keep company with him, we learn a life of love. Now, Ephesians 5.1 in another translation says, You are God's children whom he loves, so try to be like him. Try to be like him. Hmm. If we are children of God, we should imitate him. But how can we imitate Jesus? So let's look at what he came to show us, to teach us. And the first thing that he came to show us was how to overcome temptation. So in Matthew 4.11, we read that the devil left him and the angels came and attended him. Now, if you recall, this was when Jesus was in the wilderness and he had been there for 40 days and 40 nights without food because he had been fasting and praying for 40 days and 40 nights. Now imagine he was probably weak, he was vulnerable, because if, if we had to fast for 40 days and 40 nights, we're going to be vulnerable. And the first thing Satan did to him was say, okay, here's some bread. Go ahead, here's some bread, you can have it. And Jesus said, no, man does not live by bread alone. The devil left Jesus and he won. He won because he recognized the tactics of Satan, which are lies and deception. Jesus taught us the tool to defeat the lies of Satan, which is God's truth. And we must recognize that temptation is a lie. While being tempted, every time Satan would throw something at Jesus, he would quote scriptures back to him from Deuteronomy 6 and Deuteronomy 8. We must combat temptation with truth from the word of God. Now, the interesting thing, second part of that verse, the angels came and attended him. The angels came and attended to Jesus. We can hold on to that verse because God will never, ever forsake us when we're going through temptation. We might turn away from God, but he won't leave us. He will find a way to minister to us and meet our needs when we're tempted. Next, Jesus came to teach us how to face impossible situations. Impossible situations are places where miracles are made. 
And there are so many things that seem impossible to us. For some of us right now, this whole coronavirus may seem as an impossible thing. But if we look to the Bible, there are many instances where the impossible happened. And if you get really honest and look at your life, there are places where the impossible has happened there too. Because fortunate for us, Jesus is still in the business of making miracles happen. Now, how do we make miracles happen? The key to facing impossible situations is faith. If we look at Hebrews 11.6, it says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. The writer of Hebrews did not say it's difficult to please God without faith. He said it's impossible. So we need our faith. We must believe that God is there and he will reveal himself to us as we seek him. We have to have faith that he is still in control. So for the Christian, this COVID-19 thing may not make sense. But we need to make sure that our faith remains strong. And we need to make sure that we are expectant that God will hear our prayers and will answer them. <clears throat> so the next thing that Jesus came to do, he came to show us or teach us, was how to submit to God's plan. So here's the deal. He came, he told us what we needed to do, but as humans we're not so good at doing it. He knew that we wouldn't be able to figure it out on our own, so he gave us instructions. The problem is that many of us never look at the instruction manual. And the instruction manual is God's word, the Bible. So think for a minute, the last time you bought something at Ikea or Walmart or Staples or one of those places that you have to put it together. And you have to put it together using the instruction manual. Because if you don't put it together with the instruction manual, it's going to turn out all wonky. And it's just not going to work right. But how many of us never look at that instruction manual? We're like, oh, I can figure this out. I can do it on my own. Last spring, I decided we had bought a new power washer. And I decided I was going to put it together because I wanted to use it. And my son looked at me and he goes, Mom, what is this? Because I'd had it, it worked. It did work, but it was a little wonky. It didn't roll quite right. And there was no hose thing. He said, well, why didn't you put that on? And I said, well, because I couldn't figure it out. And I decided I didn't need it. So that's what happens when we try to do things without the instruction manual. In 1 Peter 2.21, it tells us how to submit to God's plan. It says, to this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So he's telling us <clears throat> he was our example and all we have to do is follow in his steps. Even while he was being beaten, while he was being mocked, while he was being spit upon, he didn't find ways to get even. He committed himself to his heavenly father. And that's all we have to do is follow in his steps. Now, 
not going to say that's easy, but remember when your children were really young? Very quickly, they start putting, them, putting your shoes on, the parents' shoes, and they walk around and they clomp in those shoes, following in your steps. That's all we have to do is follow in the steps of Christ. But we do that through the use of our instruction manual, God's word. In 1 Peter 2.21 in the message version, I looked that up and I really liked what it says. It says, this is the kind of life you've been invited to. The kind of life Christ lived. Okay, so that sounds all right so far. I'll take that. He suffered everything that came his way so you would know that it could be done. And you would know step by step by step how to do it. So all we have to do is look to Christ and he'll show us what we need to do. He'll show us step by step. Now here's the thing, is if we need to be up here and we're down here, if we look up here, we're not going to know how to get there. It's a step thing. So we take this step today and it puts us a little closer. We take another step next week and it puts us a little closer. We can't expect him to show us up here if we're not willing to take the steps to get up here. So it's step by step by step. The other thing, finally, Jesus also came to teach us how to love unconditionally. Now, this is the hard kind of love. In the Bible, there are several kinds of love. And this is what's known as agape love. This is love that's even that's given even when it's not deserved. This is love when someone is mean to you. This is love when you're in Walmart and you need toilet paper and someone takes the last toilet paper. This is love when someone takes your parking space. This is love when it's really hard to love. It's easy to love the people who love us, who do the things that we want them to do. But Jesus said, nah, that's easy. I want you to take it a step further. I want you to love unconditionally. And we read in Luke 47, 47, Therefore I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. So let me set the stage for this verse for you. So Jesus had gone to dinner at the house of a Pharisee. His name was Simon. And right away, people condemned him because he was with Simon, and, and Simon was a religious leader, so there was some conflict there. But Jesus went because he often would go where we didn't expect him to go. And they sat down to have dinner, and this woman came in. And this woman was a prostitute, and she came in, and she sat at the feet of Jesus, and she began weeping. And her tears were washing the dirt off of, his, off of the feet of Jesus. And she took her hair and she was drying them. And then she pulled out a bottle of perfume and poured it on Jesus' feet and anointed his feet with, us, with it. And the Pharisee became very angry and, and he's like, aren't you going to tell that woman to stop? And Jesus said, Mm, hold on, whoa, wait a minute. 
do you see what I see when I look at this woman? I see someone who loves me, someone who is sorry for her sins, someone who is devoted. So Jesus saw the woman for what she could be, and the Pharisee saw the woman for who she used to be. Her great love, now we don't know, we, don't, we know that not everything Jesus did was recorded in the Gospels. And so maybe Jesus had an encounter with this woman another time privately that wasn't recorded. But her great love for Jesus was evidence that she had been forgiven. So it was probably private at one time and now it's being made public. And so we need to remember that Jesus forgives us because he loves us. And so as we think about this and we ask who is Jesus the teacher? Jesus is someone who taught us how to overcome temptation. He taught us how to overcome impossible situations. He teaches us how to submit to God's plan and how to show unconditional love. And each of these is needed more than ever before in today's world. But I believe that Jesus is still in the business of teaching us and answering our prayers. So as we go through these trying times with lots of uncertainty, I encourage you to ask God two questions. First, what do you want me to learn from this? What are you teaching me from this? Because God's still in the business of teaching us. So God, what do you want me to learn from this? And the second is how do you want me to love others through it? Because it is through our love that the rest of the world is going to see Jesus in us. So we need to ask God, show me how to love people so that they see you in me. And then they'll want more of what I have. And so as we wrap up and we think about who Jesus the teacher was, we can recognize in many ways that we've learned some things from him, but in so many ways we have so far to go. And so I would encourage you to really think about what Jesus is teaching you today. Because I, I read something that if Jesus tries to teach it to you today and you don't learn it, he's going to come back around and try to teach you again. And often when he has to repeat the lesson, it's worse than the first time around. So what do we need to learn from Jesus today? Not allowed. <laughs> um, so uh, pretty, pretty amazing. I'm, uh, thank you so much, Debbie. Um, it was, it's, it's good sometimes as you are a pastor um, and you're doing the spiritual feeding a lot of times, it's fun to just be able to sit back many times and just get fed. And um, just uh, what, a, what a timely message about unconditional love and loving others and during this, this time and being who Christ called us to be. During that time when you were talking about teachers, I thought of a couple. One was a, um, a seminary professor named Dr. Glenn Koch. And he was my Greek and my Greek exegesis, or as we used to say, exit Jesus, because it was very hard, um, uh, studying. And um, he just had a love for the Greek language and a love for us that he just his presence taught me more about um, 
about the love of God and, and Greek than anybody I ever, I ever took in grad school and seminary. Um, and then I w- was thrust back to high school. Um, two people, um, one named uh, Bruce Connors, uh, and Bruce Connors taught me how to write. Uh, for the first time, and um, I, I began to fall in love with writing, and he just was not only a teacher and, a, and taught me how to write, but he also um, was there when I was in my uh, junior and senior adolescent, um, just kind of life was falling apart, and he just taught me that there was more to life and just to be calmed down, and that he was not just a teacher, but became a, a friend to me, and uh, my grammar two teacher, um, for those of you young people who don't know what grammar is, talk to your parents, and and maybe you can spend some time diagramming sentences, um, and, and everybody's like, no, what's that, but Gene Clark taught me also how to use, how to, how to not only um, write, but told me the, the linguistic grammar of language and how you can use that, and I run into her every once in a while, and, and Bruce Connors every once in a while. And just tell them thank you. So today may be a day that you say thank you to somebody who is a teacher, but more importantly, um, to thank God for what, in the midst of uh, what, he, what he's saying, we started this that no matter in the lowest valley and the highest uh, mountains, yes, I will bless your name and praise you. And then we move to uh, your way maker, that when I don't see it, you're working. That God is always working and not causing things, but using things to teach us. And, you know, there's a great story about uh, about John, the gospel writer, um, and that he was very old. I've told this before, but I, when, as what Debbie shared about loving unconditionally, I always think this, that John was very old, and it was passed down to the early church fathers. He was very old, and <clears throat> church didn't go for an hour or an hour and a half. It went for days um, back then. <clears throat> and um, <clears throat> John, when he was very old, he sat up front, he was not a, a, an American Christian that sat in the back. He sat all the way up front. And when it came time that he got, he, he was old and needed to go, he would motion and some of the young men would come and help him out. And as they helped him out the back door, he would stop at the back of the church and he would say, little children, love one another. And he'd walk out. And then again, the next time they were together, which wasn't another week, it was every day, They would go ahead and they would lead him out and when it came time and he would head out to the back and he'd say, little children, love one another. And being the youngest of disciples and the one who died that we believe of natural death, one of the young men who was there said, teacher, and that's what they called him because he was connected to Jesus and said, why is it every time you leave, you tell us to love one another? And he said, because that is the heart of the gospel. That is what Jesus told us to do. And if we don't love one another, then we have nothing and we've lost out on Christ's love. And that is what it means to love one another. And it was important to Jesus so much so that he's willing to give his life. It was important to John that he was willing to tell that as the last thing in his breath every day when they met together. And for us, it is really important that we must do that now. So... One more song today as we wrap this out, that no matter what we think, and we're locked in our places, and we're, we have all these other kind of things, and life is not as it is, we are no longer slaves. So let's worship God and sing in this last song, No Longer Slaves. Never be 
What a great message that we are no longer slaves to fear. We are children of the living God, and so we praise him for that. Um, before we end, I want to give a couple other prayer requests that have come in. One is uh, for Donna Wiggum, for her sister-in-law, Judy, who is going for a cancer checkup. So we want to lift her in your prayers. And also Barb uh, Phillips just added on there that her mother is in ICU with blood pressure. And obviously because of everything, she can't get there to be with her. So we want to continue to lift um, Barb and her family in your prayers. Um, this week, just continue to remember, we're no longer slaves to fear. Um, we are children of God. Next week, uh, we're going to continue our series. I hope and I pray and I pray and I hope um, that God will move and clean all this out and we can be together again. Uh, while I was watching the video here and in worship, I realized how much I miss my worship team with me and, um, and uh, how I miss all of you here in the midst of the sanctuary so we can just really celebrate. We just pray to God so that um, that day come Come quicker, uh, Lord, that you may bring us back together here or even come quicker, Lord Jesus, and take us all so we don't have to worry about any sickness or anything in this world. But next week we will go ahead and our, it'll be Who is Jesus? And we'll talk about my shepherd. And um, the, the shepherd motif, as it's called in Christianity, is one of the most powerful um, understandings of who Jesus is. So don't miss next week, whether online or in person, however we do that. And I got my shirt on today that hopefully I'll, I'll show people because what y'all need Jesus, right? Y'all need Jesus. There we go. That's what we may need to know. The world needs Jesus. Have a great week. We love you. Be sure um, we're also going to put up some of the links in a little bit uh, on the feed. Also on our Facebook page, we're going to put up some of those links for the Sunday school, the Bible studies, and um, the text, and also the giving. Uh, thank you all for continuing. God bless you. Have a great week. Have a safe week and a healthy week. And may we lean on Jesus, our teacher. God bless. We'll see you.